On this week's NFT SDN Reality Check, we're talking with Stratus Technologies to look at how vendors are using virtualization technologies to meet carrier network service, service levels. Nexius, accelerating network and business transformation. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Hello, welcome to this week's NFE SDN Reality Check. I'm your host, uh, Dan Meyer, Editor-in-Chief of RCR Wireless News. Thanks for watching us today. Today, we are joined by Jason Anderson, who's the VP of Business Line Management at Stratus uh, Technologies to talk a bit about uh, the use of virtualization from vendors as they uh, work with their carrier uh, partners. Yeah, Jason, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. It's a, a lovely day here in Massachusetts. So. <laughs> it's always nice. As long yeah. as it's not snowing there, you guys are in good shape. So. Yeah, that's pretty much the rule. Yep, absolutely. Very nice. Very nice. Hey, again, thanks for joining us. So, so yeah, well, maybe we start off with a little bit, uh, maybe for those who don't know much about Stratus, maybe you want to give us a quick intro on the company, kind of what you guys do, how you guys uh, uh, operate in the in the telecom space. Sure, absolutely. So Stratus is, um, let's see, we've been around for 35 years now, and, and our history primarily has been around building um, mission-critical uh, solutions for applications, right? So that could be um, generally our history has been in building hardware-specific types of things. We were in the mainframe business back in the 80s, and then we kind of got onto Intel platforms uh, in the last 20 years or so. Last 10 has been in software. So people will, um, different types of companies will call us up and want to build out a solution that um, is fault-tolerant or will not fail. And uh, we essentially build on top of that. So a lot of our history um, goes in telco was way back to the very beginning where um, carrier line switching type of operations or different types of aspects of um, of, uh, of different um, OSS, BSS architectures, things like that actually ride on top of Stratus hardware. In fact, we have a lot of those solutions in the market today. But in the last two years, we've really focused on uh, building out towards uh, NFB environments. Um, and been working on some pretty significant um, efforts with uh, some major operators on that now. Gotcha. Okay, sounds good. Well, yeah, obviously, again, that's something we focus on a lot here. And obviously, you guys have been doing a lot of work in terms of, of software and virtualization. So I guess as you look at kind of the overall market today, I mean, what impact are you seeing from, you know, this move towards NFV and SDN and cloud uh, by, by telecom and mobile operators on how and how you're working with, with them and, and with your own products? Have you guys seen, I guess, the changes in, the, in that environment? Yeah, it, it's, it's quite interesting. The, the overall aspect of it is that um, there's no area where the kind of mismatch between what telcos need, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a still very much at the ideation kind of where are we going next standpoint. And yeah. so I think, you know, you're, you're dealing with some visionary people out there and there's some good things going on. But the, the challenge is that um, overall they're trying to use commodity stuff and yeah. carrier grade uh, equipment is anything but commoditized. So um, we, we really have to uh, find unique ways to inject um, uh, the carrier grade capability into existing commodity uh, equipment, software, uh, virtualization, hypervisors, things like that. And that's um, so uh, what's starting to happen is um, when you get into the POCs and you talk to people, there's kind of this um, almost uh, set of phases where, hey, we've got this great idea, and then it moves into all right, what the heck are we really going to do? Let's try some stuff, and then they try some stuff, and they and in some they begin to recede back into reality and, and figure out what they can really do. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of a lot like some other experiences I had in enterprise, like in middleware and things like that, where at the beginning it was all like, oh, this is going to be great, everything's going to be webified. <laughs> 
you know, they kind of shrank right back to, let's start out with something pragmatic. And yeah. that's, that's actually been refreshing because the truth is, is that I think if you don't do it that way, yeah, if somebody were to kind of go whole hog with the state of the art technology today, they're going to get burned in two or three years because it's going to change. It's going to be yeah. a ton of churn. Yeah. I mean, I was just asking, I mean, is that kind of where we are in this phase? Because again, it did seem like, you know, 2014 was a big uh, hype year for, it seemed like for NFP. I mean, like, you know, you couldn't turn the corner without a new POC or a new platform or a new organization announcing some sort of NFP initiative. Uh, has 2015 so far been maybe a, a, a more a, like a leveling or a reasoning uh, phase really where people are kind of realizing, okay, obviously there are great opportunities here. But, uh, you know, obviously telecom networks are a different bird than, uh, than data centers, for instance. Uh, and so there's maybe a little more reality kind of setting into the, to, to the kind of the market at this point, do you think? Or is that still, that's still a lot of hype? Yeah, I think, I think what happened was is that, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think what really happened is last year it was 2014 was we're going to do a POC and it's going to be great. And then, you know, then we're going to do a trial. And what happened was is either they, they realized that the POC was they didn't learn enough. <laughs> uh, or, 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 or they're still doing the same POC and it's stretching on and on and on and on and, and, and they haven't really gotten the trial. So um, there's definitely been a reality check on it. Um, and now what we're starting to see is I think this kind of general rescoping uh, of, of what's going on in terms of what the trial will be. Um, and then, uh, so I, I predict that 2016 will be like the year of the real trials. Um, and this year has been a little bit of kind of, uh, like I said, getting our heads around the idea and turning it into reality. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, one of the things you kind of brought it up already was, you know, obviously there's this carrier grade mentality when it comes to the telecom operators. I mean, we've had this mentality for obviously for a long time. Uh, and, and, you know, again, they run these networks that are operating pretty efficiently for the most part today. And uh, consumers have a certain expectation and these networks do tend to work. And so this move towards software and virtualization is probably a little, uh, uh, a little scary for a lot of these operators because they do kind of have these certain requirements. I guess, how do you, how do you see this need for carrier grade and how are you guys approaching uh, the need that operators have for for that that certain service level uh, yeah. quality that they come to expect and, and obviously they're going to want when it comes to this move for virtualization. Yeah, I think it, it's got some very unique challenges. Uh, virtualization is, is is great technology in terms yeah. of uh, things like uh, cost consolidation and, and getting very high utilization out of a server. Um, the, the the problem lies in two kind of fronts. The first is is that when you begin to design a particular piece of software to be made into a very specific piece of hardware, you take certain steps and you're able to kind of um, decide if you want to optimize uh, a particular feature set in the software or the hardware. Uh, once you move to virtualization, that entire uh, aspect is gone. Uh, you know, now it's like you have to optimize everything in the software uh, to a certain extent, and that becomes a, a massive challenge. I, I think uh, virtualization, is, virtualization itself doesn't lend itself particularly well to some of the aspects of carrier grade. Uh, networking, which is why you start to see the emergence of some of these technologies, guys, ISRILV and DPDK and things like that, yeah. um, to eliminate some of the factors like jitter uh, and some of those uh, capabilities. Um, what we focus on is a little different. I mean, we're, we're part of that, um, but uh, the truth of the matter is what we're really focused on is providing the availability, which yeah. um, every show I go to, the major uh, you know, complaint is, how can I get reliability out of a hypervisor? And the truth is, is that um, you can get reliability out of a hypervisor if you're willing to wait a few seconds or you're willing to wait a few minutes in some cases where, um, you know, that's just not acceptable for some of these, uh, these applications. And that's, that's where we kind of come in is we're able to, to, to execute a fully redundant failover mode, um, you know, that's measured in uh, milliseconds versus, you know, minutes in some cases. So 
um, that's uh, that's a big leg up for us. And and that's um, that's what people are looking for. So to get to that carrier grade, you also it's almost a little bit of a back to the future with with technologies <laughs> because you have to start to implement some of the things that were done in the mainframe days in a virtualized way. So that's that's the first uh, part of it. So that's that's been a big part. Yeah, interesting. So, but you guys are able at this point really to have the technology in place to really allow these operators to to be able to get that basically real time uh, reliability through the through the hypervisor at this point. That's that's something that's that's pretty much available now for for operators. Yeah, so we're in, we're in a, a set of trials right now with some okay. uh, some pretty large operators. And um, last uh, I think it was last week or the week before, I can't remember exactly. We actually put out our um, our Etsy POC paper on this topic, which was sponsored by uh, AT and T and NTT. So you know, some pretty heavy hitters got behind. Um, uh, and, and, and helped us uh, deliver this, uh, you know, new, new concept of how we deliver this within a hypervisor-based world. Um, and what we were able to really show there is things like blackout and brownout times and how that works and how, how, how quickly we can do a failover. So, yeah, for certain, um, you know, we, we're already there. And while we don't necessarily have a, you know, shippable uh, sure. product yet, we're definitely in the trial stage and, and evaluating this with some of the operators. Gotcha. And it's, it's got to be pretty nice to be able to have these operators, these large operators who are really seeming getting on board with this. I mean, obviously, AT&T, like you mentioned, NTT is very big on this. Telefonic is big on this. SK Telecom is big on this. I mean, a lot of these big operators have been pushing this move towards virtualization for quite some time. And it, it's got to be good from a vendor community to have uh, like, almost like a customer's already ready for this, as opposed to, you know, in the past, it's always been, you know, you launch a product, hope somebody wants to buy it. Now it's like you're offering something that carriers want. And it's like, you know, they just, it's just a matter of, you know, getting it to them in the, in the right pieces at this point. Yeah, I think the hardest part for us has been able to figure out who to work with, um, you know, because we went to, uh, we went around Barcelona at Mobile World Congress and we had, oh, listen, it's like 50 meetings and yeah. <laughs> everybody was like, yeah, I need this. And yeah. the truth is, is that it's not, you know, I, I, I wish I could sit here and say, hey, look, I can, I, you know, you can go download it today and anybody can set it up and use it. But um, there's two major challenges we have. The first is that every one of these environments is different, right? Yeah. So um, there's no standardization whatsoever. So you really can't <laughs> just kind of drop it in like a, any other piece of software. The second challenge is really that um, these are big projects. I mean, there's just no way around it. So um, Stratus is not a, 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 you know, it is not a, you know, VMware size company or anything of that matter. So, you know, we really have to kind of pick our battles and We've been very fortunate to be able to find some partners uh, and, and different operators who will work with us, who've been, you know, um, you know, very interested in it, as well as very kind of understanding of how we can kind of fit this stuff in. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. That's a good point, though. You're right. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys are very busy at these big shows, and obviously, like you're saying, people are are very interested in this technology and and want to get on board with it. So yeah, I'm sure for a company, obviously, you guys are a pretty good size, but again, not like one of the huge right. biggest companies out there. So I'm sure it stretches your capabilities and. And your, your assets there quite a bit. So I'm sure those shows are, are pretty exciting for you guys. But uh, yeah. the, the other challenge is that there's so many different approaches to solving the problem. And sure. frankly, every customer is going to have to find their own route. And that's been a, a major thing for us is that, um, you know, there's, there's different open source projects out there that kind of do something like we do, but may not offer the performance we provide and, and or, 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 or they might not have necessarily have all the feature set. And then uh, there's a whole ton of uh, providers out there who are building the applications themselves. And there goes a massive transformation of how they architect these things. Yeah. So a lot of the times when they're making those decisions, they're trying to build the resilience into the application. And that kind of gets you there, but it's also very high cost for the, for the vendor. So, you know, on the, on, the, on the ecosystem and vendor side of things, it's, it's a, I, think, I think it's a little bit tough because um, even though there's the interest and people want to buy it, 
without the standardization and without kind of a general consensus on the right approach, there's a lot of different approaches going on and, and each of them has their own pros and cons. I mean, you know, we're not perfect, uh, but certainly building it into the uh, VNF is also not a perfect way to go either. So, you know, you have to kind of uh, uh, do a lot of research and that's what I find in a lot of the, like I said, that's what 2015 has been about. It's really been trying some things out and then doing the research to find the right solution, which again, is almost custom in every case. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. See, I mean, I know on this show here, we've had, you know, we've had people from Etsy on, we've had OPNFV on, Open Daylight on, yeah. you know, all these different organizations. And you're right. I mean, it does seem like they're trying to get to this, uh, this standards thing, but it, there's so many different interests involved and so much different technology involved that it seems like for those guys, it's, it's a big project. And, and you're right, carriers do seem like they, they are more comfortable when there are standards involved, because that's kind of what they're used to dealing with. Yeah. Uh, so when there's not standards, it makes everybody a little bit nervous and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, that, that's always a, a big challenge, it seems like right now, for, at least for this market, is just trying to get that standards part part down. Yeah. And yeah. there's some of it. There's some of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Everything. Exactly. Well, now, I mean, nothing I want to touch on a bit was, um, you know, and it seems like with virtualization, you know, the timing of it seems to kind of be coming along with the same uh, uh, wave as, you know, there's a lot of talk about 5G now, there's a lot of talk about Internet of Things, all these different new kind of uh, uh, technologies and, and services are coming on board. I mean, do you see any sort of connection between virtualization and these new technologies? I mean, it seems like, you know, with 5G, there's a lot of talk in, involved, at least with the initial, what the standards could be with that, that there will be virtualization as part of that. And obviously with IoT, you know, with you know, opening up these mobile networks to connecting just about anything in the world, uh, you would think virtualization would be a prime, you know, some sort of uh, provisioning service or something would be, would be great for that as well. Um, I, I guess is the timing of all this uh, a good timing for everybody? I mean, is virtualization going to play a, a big part in these in these new kind of uh, evolutions of, of technologies and services? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt, and I think the timing's great because um, it, there's an opportunity for things to come together at the same time, um, and uh, there's not like this notion that we're going to something in the, in the infrastructure will be designed not to support the future requirements. Um, what's uh, the other thing I think is quite fortuitous. You know, kind of a quite fortuitous, but still a little bit chicken and egg at this point is that the, um, uh, the by bringing in virtualization and starting to talk about these architectures, there's a little bit of well, we should architect this way, but wait, what about this other innovation? That's <laughs> so um, I think some of the um, some of the I think the dependencies are there. I think a lot of the kind of high level stuff is figured out. Now we're getting into the details of these architectures. I think. You know, notably, OPNFV is really pushing very hard on certain aspects. You know, we're part of that, um, and um, and and they're starting to get there. And I think what'll happen is there'll be a, a good balance in the end. In the long run, there'll be a good balance between the new feature sets required versus just being simply like a like most virtualization in the enterprise. Virtualization was really introduced independent of a, another burning platform. It just saved money on servers. This is more along the lines of we're going to save money, of course. But we're also getting the added benefit of uh, positioning our architecture to be future uh, future uh, reliable versus you know kind of having to try to graft it onto something old. So I think that's actually a really good coming together. That said, virtualization itself, I, I kind of question uh, what uh, percentage of the populace uh, in terms of the VNFs and the footprints will actually be used because um, we're very keenly watching what's going on in the container space. Um, you know your Docker's and, and what Red Hat's doing and you know and Canonical's doing with like LXC, LXC and LXD. So, I mean, that to me is actually kind of a, almost equally as exciting because um, virtualization gets you very far. Uh, but if you start to really go all down the path of what uh, either a combination of virtualization or containers or containers on bare metal can do for you, it's, um, it's, 
it's fairly compelling, even though it's still, you know, nascent, right, at this point. I mean, um, you know, public clouds are using it, uh, but, you know, enterprises haven't really jumped on board with uh, containers quite yet. But I also think that's another theme for 2016. I think more and more of the new VNFs will be container-based, and, and you'll get kind of far with that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is definitely an interesting time to be uh, uh, in this space right now. I mean, again, there's so many, it, it seems like, you know, it seems like we've been talking about it for a long time, but it's still, there's so much still needs to be done and so many ways this, this can still go uh, that, yeah, it is It is an interesting time to kind of be, uh, I'm sure for you guys, especially, I mean, you're deep into it uh, to kind of be in this space. It's got to be exciting, but also, uh, you know, uh, the decision-making processes have got to be very, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, keeping you up with that, I'm sure trying to make sure you make the right, make the right decisions and the right partners and stuff too. It's, it's not, quite as hard as you think. I mean, because like I said, there's this kind of general rationalization of where to start. And, and yeah. what's what's really good is, is that um, the, the overall approach is then, let's start with one VNF, right? And yeah. generally it's like a firewall or a router, something they know really well, uh, something the vendors already have products for. So the good news, you know, I think the good news in some of this is that, you know, we're still dealing with telecom operators who tend to you know, be much more structured and, and predictable, and i.e., they take a little more time to get things done than some of the more leading edge enterprises. So, if we were dealing with, um, you know, a bunch of startups in the consumer space, this would be very troubling. But for us, I think, you know, we we picked a few partners. They've been pretty clear with us on what their goals and timelines are. And, you know, uh, we've turned some away just for that reason. It's like, well, this isn't really the best fit for our technology. So let's start and be pragmatic. And so. Um, doesn't exactly always make the investors happy to hear that one moving slow, but you know, nonetheless, I mean, uh, we're, I think uh, in the long run that'll be better for everybody. Yeah, yeah no, but it's it's good to talk to people who are deep inside of this though, because they do have a I, obviously you have a very good a real a, a realistic view of what's happening out there. So that's kind of nice to get beyond some of the, the hype at times too. So it's good to have that too. But but before we wrap up the the conversation here, I guess maybe one final kind of topic, looking at you know as you look ahead, I mean, what are some of the bigger challenges? Uh, that you see kind of facing this market right now. I mean, obviously, you kind of mentioned the standards issue. Obviously, that's going to be uh, a big part that needs to be worked through uh, at some point too. But I, I guess as you look at kind of the general market, and, you know, of what you guys, how you guys approach it, you know, what's kind of the thing that's kind of keeping you guys uh, busy in the labs and kind of keeping you guys most, I guess, most uh, up late at nights and, and over the weekends uh, working on, on, the, on the products? Sure. I think the thing for me is that the, the general, as somebody who kind of spent a lot of his career in middleware prior to, to joining Stratus, um, there's, there's definitely a movement. Um, and I think the VN, I think a VNF today um, is really a port job from the hardware world. So you think a firewall, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I have a firewall product, it's hardware software combined, it's an appliance. And then I make my first round uh, firewall VNF. I bring it to market by basically just kind of replicating the exact same comp uh, concepts into a virtualized world, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what that basically enables you to have is a, uh, Four man's version of the original product, right? So, you know, the performance isn't there, you know, so all the complaints people are making about this particular space is that what really will open up the door uh, is, is kind of what the next generation of a VNF will look like. And you're starting to see that from, you know, we're just starting to work on a POC right now with, uh, with Juniper uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and they're coming up with some new ideas on how they're kind of decomposing and making these VNFs much more service oriented. Um, much like you see in the kind of Java world or, or, in the, or even in some other, you know, technologies in the development space and, and what's going on with cloud. So these things are becoming more cloudy. And, and that um, is awesome because it will get over some of the hurdles long term of things like performance because you're actually separating out the planes and so forth. Um, it also solve a lot on availability, which helps us. So we're ex really excited about these developments. But at the same time, you go, well, 
what's the third generation VNF? Is it, you know, this is second, what's the third? And what does that really mean? And, and that's where you start to see some of these other things creep in. So we're, I think we're, we're, we're equally as excited about the future as we are concerned about it um, at times. And I, I, I just think that that just goes part and parcel with being in a space uh, where innovation is happening. So, I mean, yeah, you know, so I think the architecture of the future of BNS is probably right after, comes right after um, uh, the, the standards. And that architecture will ultimately, ultimately be what kind of gets us over uh, some of the classic challenges we've heard, such as performance. Um, and um, and and ultimately availability. Yeah, yeah those are good points because you. I mean, I've talked to a lot of operators about this, and, and one of their concerns has always been, you know, why should I go down this virtualization route if if it's not going to provide any any better performance than what I already have? I mean, I've got these products out there; they're already paid for, they're working, uh, they work pretty well. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, agility is always going to be a good a good part too. But if if I if I go the virtualization route and it doesn't provide me any better agility at this point. You know why? Why do it now? Why not wait? Like you said, till version two or version three or whatever is really going to actually provide me with a bonus as opposed to just what I'm already doing. Because there's no point in doing what I'm doing now virtualized uh, if it give me better performance or less capex, opex, whatever it's going to be. That makes probably more sense for them. Yeah, but I'll, I'll give you two examples. I think that kind of counter that argument. I, I, I hear the argument. I get it. Right. But um, the first one is that um, the we have a, one of the people we're working with, their first attempt at doing this is, is this POC we're working on. They're going to go to trial next year. And uh, what they're building is actually a product. They have a product already today that allows them to go out and attack enterprises of a certain size. So let's say they're attacking an enterprise uh, consumer, you know, of, uh, you know, might have a thousand, five thousand employees or more. Um, this new uh, technology we're helping them try to solve and build the resilience around. Um, is allowing them to go after more SMB type of environments. You know, a company like Stratus size, which is like about 500 employees versus a thousand. So you're now able to take the same same type of products and offerings you're making and go attack new markets that you couldn't attack before. Mm -hmm. To me, that's pretty compelling, right? So, so I think that's one use case we're starting to hear about more. Um, of course, the agility stuff you hear, but I mean, at the same time, that's kind of like you know, you can't really you can't really defend that with a CFO. So that one's tough. Sure. Um, but the, but but the idea of being able to enter new markets and develop new products, I think, is very compelling. Um, the other thing I think that um, is going to, I, I think you're right in the sense that outside of those areas, the next step is going to be what they're going to look at is automation, right? And, and yeah. what, what the truth is, everybody says that these projects are cloudy, but at the end of the day, they're not super cloudy, right? They're they're really more like um, virtualization and virtualization management concepts that have been around in the enterprise for years. What will happen next is, is that they'll, they'll leapfrog and realize that well, once I can get the automation, that cloud-like automation where things are just happening and they just work based upon load and performance and those types of aspects, that's when things really change because then you're going to have a very hard CapEx and OpEx uh, advantage. Um, virtualization is going to get you there just by eliminating hardware, but the next level will be the, the agility from the overall operational automation you're going to get, and that's going to be the big change. That'll be the game changer, uh, but again, we're... We're, we're effectively two uh, stair steps away from that, really. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's going to take a while. So there, of course, will be early adopters like the, the, the vendors you mentioned, like at and And then there'll be adopters that come along later that are going to be a lot more aligned. Uh, you know, they're going to lag up behind a little. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yes. We'll get great insight. Well, Jason, hey, we definitely appreciate the great insight on the topic today. Obviously, it sounds like you guys are very busy in the middle of this and we'll be busy for, for quite some time on this as well. But uh, we definitely appreciate the insight. Hopefully, as you guys progress along the lines here too, we can catch up with you again and maybe get some more insight from you as, as well going forward. But uh, 
we definitely appreciate the time and information, Jay. And hopefully uh, you enjoy the rest of uh, the beautiful day out there in Massachusetts and have a nice weekend as well. But thanks for, thanks for joining Thank us. You. Thank you. All right. Talk to you guys again soon. Well, great. Well, that'll do it for this week's NFES in Reality Check. Thanks for watching. And please make sure to check us out again next week. Thanks. NFVSDN Reality Check with Dan Meyer is a production of RCR-TV. To suggest show topics or to reach Dan, you can find him on email, dmeyer at rcrwireless.com and on Twitter at Meyer underscore Dan. For more Dan, news on NFVSDN and everything wireless, find your way over to rcrwireless.com.